0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Matthew chapter 5, today's holy gospel, where Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This is God's word. Valentine's Day is just two days away, and for the occasion our Lord Jesus sees fit to give us a lesson on adultery not the only thing of which he speaks in today's gospel he speaks of other things as well which we will consider this morning but the contrast of Jesus's words up against a day that the world uses probably to sell a lot of hallmark cards and chocolates could not be more striking Indeed, husbands, do tell your wives happy Valentine's Day on Tuesday and get her flowers as well. That would be good. It is also today's Super Bowl Sunday. And perhaps you've already seen the commercials that are all over our television channels. There is a big ad campaign that has been launched on TV. And it's going to be airing two ads during the Super Bowl tonight by a campaign called he gets us. And they are commercials about Jesus. The phrase being, He gets us. I went onto the website for the He Gets Us ad campaign, and it says, Our agenda is to rediscover the love story of Jesus. Christians, non Christians, And everybody in between. All of us. There is indeed a move among many Christians and many churches to talk about the Jesus of love. That Jesus is a loving teacher, miracle worker, a loving Lord. But what that love means often gets lost in the shuffle. Because what often happens among Christians is we want to equate Jesus' love with tolerance, acceptance, sort of an doing away with those old stuffy commands that the Bible places upon people. And so we see more and more churches trying to paint a picture. it's honestly what this ad campaign is trying to do. An inclusive Jesus. He's a Jesus not just for Christians, but for non-Christians too, whatever that means. He's a Jesus who doesn't judge you if you are gay. He's a Jesus who doesn't judge you if you want an abortion. He's a Jesus who doesn't judge you If you have your own pet sin that you want excused. Because what Jesus does with the law of God today, we have to be absolutely clear about. Jesus is not about loosening the grip of God's law. Jesus, in his own words, tells us in Matthew chapter 5 in last week's gospel... When he says, do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Jesus doesn't loosen the law on us. Jesus tightens it You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I see to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus doesn't find ways to excuse you from hatred. Jesus doesn't find ways to excuse you from sexual sin. Jesus convicts every one of you and me as well of those very sins. In other words, what we have here this morning is a giant assembly of murderers and adulterers, thieves and idolaters, blasphemers and rebels. Every one of us. Jesus, in the case of adultery, but it can be said of every sin as well, talks about it being a matter of the heart. You know, for Valentine's Day, we often... We'll cut out red and pink hearts, bright, vibrant colors to share with people to whom we want to communicate love. But don't think of the heart of which Jesus speaks here as being something worthy of the front of a card. Because indeed... What sin born in each of us has done has left us with blackened, diseased, wretched hearts. We often, when we use setting three of the divine service, we sing the song of David after the sermon, the offertory. And we sing David's words, create in me a clean heart. Oh God. Stop and think of what we do by taking David's words and making them our own. David, who was guilty of murder, guilty of adultery. David, in the lust of his heart, had had a relationship with a woman named Bathsheba, who was a married woman. She became pregnant with his child, and in order to cover up the sin, he had her husband placed in the front lines of the battle and had them withdraw so that Uriah, her husband, would be struck down and killed. David, the murderer and adulterer, upon being confronted with his sin, cried out to God for a clean heart. And so we, the people of God, when we sing David's words, we number ourselves with him. Murderers, adulterers, idolaters and thieves, blasphemers and rebels, sinners against the entirety of the law of God. It is indeed... Riskier in this day and age to speak against things such as sexual sin of every variety. To convict of sin. And yet that's exactly what Jesus does with the law of God. He does not come to abolish the law, he says. He comes to fulfill it he comes to tighten its grip on every one of us so that we see only in him are we set free. The church of God can never be a place where we do not call out sin for what it is. For if there is no sin, there is no need for a savior. And it is incumbent upon all of us, especially as we now embark in just 10 short days on the season of Lent, a season of repentance, to remind ourselves that that is what Jesus' entire ministry was about. His entire preaching ministry is summed up by himself Back in Matthew chapter 4, we heard these words a few weeks ago. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, turn away from sin. Do not be people who just excuse sin as no big deal, as somehow saying, well, Jesus came to just accept us anyway. Or Jesus came to just accept people where they're at. No, Jesus came to preach repentance in his own words. So brothers and sisters, turn from sin. Because it dwells in the heart of everyone who calls themselves human. We are indeed numbered with David. Murderers and adulterers and guilty of every one of the Ten Commandments and every word of law that God has set before us. And this is where the message of the church must become clear. That when we call sin for what it is, It is so that we all might be numbered among the sinners. When Jesus says later in the Sermon on the Mount, Judge not lest ye be judged. He's not saying don't call sin, sin. He's saying don't judge others with a standard. You're not willing to be judged by yourself. If you're going to call out sexual sin, realize you've got sexual sin. If you're going to call out, Hatred towards your fellow man. Realize you've got hatred yourself. Realize that as much as others need to repent, you also need to repent. And you, like David and like all, have a Lord Jesus Christ who delights in cleansing the heart. And renewing the spirit. With King David, we pray. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Christ Jesus came. To be that very cleansing agent that gives us a pure heart and a right spirit. Only by the blood of Jesus can the heart be made clean and the spirit made new. And precisely through his cross that is exactly what Jesus has done for each of you. Turn from sin, brothers and sisters. Lay them all at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ and receive a clean heart. A pure spirit. Become a new person in the one who claimed you in the waters of baptism. Through... His servant Moses, the Lord God, reminded Israel in our Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy chapter 30. That these commands, they are not ancient relics of the past. They are life. The Lord God has called you to live in love toward one another instead of hatred. Because in so doing, you will live in the way of life. He has called you to honor marriage. For husbands and wives to honor one another. For single people and widows and widowers. To uphold chastity and purity. Because in these ways, he gives us life. He gives us blessing and abundance. The ways of sin are death. But the gospel of Jesus Christ says, be no longer dead in your sins, O Christian. Turn from your sin. See that the blood of Jesus has washed you and cleansed you. Walk in the ways of life. It is a walk that we, the new Israel, that we best walk together. And that is the great invitation we as the church have to give to our world. Many will reject it. Many will not want to hear it. But in these words, in these commands, God bids us to walk in the ways of life. Each of us, sinners redeemed and cleansed from the stain of sin upon our hearts, Because the one who has died for us does indeed get us. He gets our sin. He gets our shame. He gets our blackened hearts and takes them all upon his cross and bids us walk in the ways of life, of love, purity, and the promise that our Lord Jesus is the one who makes all things new, even our sinful hearts. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.